And so you can be seated. The Lord bless you today. I, I want to just give you a, a, just a, a fairly short message today on restoring hope. Because that's really what we need, folks, a lot of times in the hours that we're living in. You know, ever since I've come into the church, I was not raised in a church like this. I didn't come until I was 22 years of age. And ever since I've been here, and that's been almost 46 years, um, you know, I'm telling you, they've been telling me about the second coming of the Lord. And I, not that I doubt it. There's no question about it. I know that the Lord is coming back. There's no question about it. I feel that in my soul. One of the witnesses I received you know, was um, uh, two or three days after I was baptized in Jesus' name, and that's a story I, I love to tell you sometimes, how God brought me to that realization and that revelation. God filled me with the precious baptism of the Holy Ghost. I began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. I wasn't looking for anything like that, but it just came out of me, and there was something about that. It wasn't just the tongues, folks. There was a witness. There was a witness within my heart that said, man, this is real. This is something. And, you know, even in those early years when I didn't know anything, I, didn't, I had no idea what you people were all about or what this was all about. But I had determined in my own heart that I was going to begin to search and I was going to begin to, you know, go through this scripture and, and make sure that whatever's in here, God, that you have for us, I want to know that. I, I want to understand these things, praise God. And that's kind of been the last 46 years of my life. I, I, I've spent that doing it. I'm not, uh, I, I'm, I'm not um, uh, an expert by any means. I'm just someone who has become more and more familiar with God's word every day. And the more familiar I become with God's word, the more I understand that he does confirm his word with signs following. That's what he does. And many of you in this place have already witnessed that. You really have. God doesn't keep this stuff, you know, uh, you know to himself. He doesn't just give it to a select few that's really what the Jewish problem was when they first were filled with the Holy Ghost, is they had this idea that it was just for that select group of people. And of course, you know, just a few years after that, God confirmed his word with not only the, the Samaritans, but with the Gentiles. And, and it's just been, been being poured out ever since. Read about that. You can get online some places and find out about this stuff. God is filling people with the baptism of the Holy Ghost every day. And folks, that is so instrumental in, in being able to renew our, 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 our hope. Yeah. It really is. Because you and I, we can't start telling God what to do. Boy, you get into that business and you're really, really in for a long day. And so you and I, we must begin to accept the things of God in his time period. That doesn't mean that we can't pray. I mean, I mentioned the fact that this week, or this church, every month we go into a prayer and fasting week. And basically, we're not trying to twist God's arm. We're trying to get closer to him so that we can be more sensitive to what he's saying so that we can move in his spirit, praise God. And if something like that appeals to you, you've come to the right place. God is drawing people from all different walks of life into this. That's what he's doing. And he's confirming his word with, with signs following. He's putting things within people that nobody else could ever do, praise God. As you saw up here in display, you know, these people, pretty rough bunch, wasn't it? Yeah, my goodness, but look at what he's done. And this is not for us to brag, folks. This is for us to declare. God has done so much for us, folks. This is the real deal. These people aren't putting this stuff on. This is not something that's in Hollywood that was scripted for this morning service. This is really happening, praise God. And the good news is, is it can happen to you, too, in the name of Jesus. 
God can begin to um, and, 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 and carry on a work in your life that will be unprecedented. Praise God. That's what he's doing, praise God. And so every opportunity we get, we want to do that in Jesus' name. Now, in the book of, um, of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, Paul makes reference to something here that I want to bring to your attention, praise God. And he talks about love. And obviously, love is a strong thing. Love covers a multitude of sins. It doesn't condone us. It just covers us. And that's the unique thing about love, praise God, until we can be covered with his blood and it can be completely remitted. See, that's God's detail. He wants to completely take everything that is not good away from our lives and wash it away. And he does that. And so Paul, in this 13th chapter, and, it, and it's right in the midst of spiritual gifts, by the way. 12 and 14 deal with the spiritual gifts and the administration of those gifts in a church setting. You know, and so right in the midst of that, he talks about the motivation or the way that we should approach this. And, of course, he talks about love. Now, I'm not going to read this whole chapter, but you should peruse it sometime. It's, it's tremendous. It's still up to date. It's still very relevant for today's world. Amen, to operate under that love. And he talks about the Ten Commandments of love, you know, how that love is this and love is that and all that kind of business. And then later on in the chapter, he gets into the principles of love, you know, how that, you know, love... Um, how does it say it here, bears all things, believes all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things, and it never fails. And so we understand that love is a very powerful thing. But he, later on in the chapter, he talks about something here, and I want to bring this to your attention. Verse number 11, 13 and 11, 1 Corinthians, Paul said, when I was a child, I spake as a child. He said, I, and I understood as a child, and I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. It, he's talking about the maturing of ourselves in a spiritual sense. And believe me, that's where God wants to take you. He wants to help you to become mature in his kingdom, not just some little baby that cries when you don't get your way. He wants to help you to understand things. And we understand that love, hope, and, um, and faith will, will help us in those endeavors. And so what he says, he says, for we now see, in verse number 12, through a glass, darkly, but then face to face. And now I know in part, but then shall I know even as I am known. Basically what he's saying is we don't see everything as clear as God does. We just don't have that ability. Now that's not an excuse. That's just the way we, that's the world you and I found ourselves in. We're in a world right now where some things are very dark. But I've learned that the longer you walk in the light, and I'm talking about his light, praise God, the more illumined that becomes. You begin to see things that you never saw before. That doesn't mean you become an expert. It just means you become more understanding of what's happening, praise God. And we understand there is a time frame. God created this world with a time frame in mind. Bible says that Jesus was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world, which, which realistically means that the, the, the man Christ Jesus was not born until Bethlehem. But the idea of the man Christ Jesus was already in the mind of Almighty God. It was already there, and he'd already put a time frame in that. That's why the cross is such a pivotal thing. A lot of people think that the Old Testament ends at Malachi, and then it begins in Matthew, and that is not true. You must understand that the scripture uh, tells us that there had to be the death of someone before there could be the transferring of, a, of, a, of another covenant. And of course, we understand that that death was Jesus Christ. That's what it was. And so you and I understand that the cross is the pivotal time. 
That's where God began a new testament with greater promises. And you and I have the privilege to live in that right now. You and I have the privilege to live in this New Testament and obtain those spiritual promises. Don't you let any kind of a background or any kind of a past dictate to you that you're not worthy or that God doesn't love you. I'm telling you right now, the cross proves that without a shadow of a doubt. The Bible says he loved the world, so he gave his only begotten son. That's how it works, my friend. His love is very, very powerful. But we must understand in the midst of that love, praise God, there's something called hope. Hope. And hope is not something that I can dictate. It's just something I've got to keep up to date. That's what I've got to do. I've got to understand that the hope of his coming, praise God, is still as, is, is prevalent as it was 46 years ago. That he is still coming back. Can somebody give me a big amen? I'm telling you right now, folks, that's what hope does. Now, come on, I can't tell God. It was my idea that two weeks after I got the Holy Ghost, let's just let the rapture take place. Come on, that was my idea, you know? But it wasn't God's. And so this is where you and I get messed up. We must understand he's still reaching a world today with hope. But the unfortunate thing about the world you and I live in, you live in is it's a drainer. And one of the things that it will do, especially for the children of God, is it will drain that hope. Sometimes that silent Saturday will come along when not too much is going on, when I just got to live for God every day, I got to get up in the morning and pray, I got to get up in the morning and read my Bible, I got to get up and I got to go to church even when I don't feel like doing it. Those kind of dutiful things come into place in a lot of times in a silent Saturday. But you just never, you got to remind yourself, praise God, Sunday's coming, folks. Come on, Sunday's coming in the name of Jesus. Now, let me do this for the remainder of my part up here, praise God. Um, uh, you know, I'm going to show you what hope looks like. That's what we need. Sometimes we need to, what, what does that mean to have hope, praise God? Let me give you a couple of examples of this, and hopefully this will help you today to restore or allow God to restore hope to your life. Because, folks, I'm going to tell you something. There is no worse thing in this world than a hopeless person. I don't care what kind of disease they have. I don't care what kind of misfortune things have happened to them. A person who becomes hopeless is really, really, really in a bad way. And I never believe that God is designed for that to happen. I believe God has brought hope into this world so that anybody, everybody, you, me, doesn't matter who you are, you can restore hope into your life anytime, praise God. And especially if you've been born again of the water and of the Spirit. I'm telling you right now, the Spirit of God is quick. It's powerful. I'm telling you, it can restore hope in seconds in the name of Jesus. What do you say we try? Why don't you just close your eyes right now and lift up your hands and ask the Lord to give you some understanding to that. Come on, there's no condemnation in this place. There's the power of God in this place to bring hope back into the picture. Come on, I sense that. I sense that. Come on, I sense that's happening right here, right here in this place, right now. Come on, there's somebody, you came in here and you were, you were dejected. You didn't know what you were going to do. In fact, there's a couple of you in here you were going to quit. But I'm telling you right now, hope has come into the picture. Come on, can you feel that right now? Come on, I sense that in the name of Jesus. That's what it is. That's what it is. That's what hope looks like. Come on, hope is a restorer in the name of Jesus. Praise God, praise God. 
An old elder told me one time, he said, one important thing, he said, son, to remember when you're going through bad times, he said, remember there's always been bad times. And it wasn't a matter of fact, but it was quite a, a little bit of wisdom. You, we, didn't re, we didn't invent this. We don't have a corner on this market. Come on, folks. We're living in a world that's, that's that, you know, it's like the ocean. It's in and out, in and out, and in and out. But the constant that you and I have in our lives, his name is Jesus. He becomes the anchor of our soul. And that's what he's doing in Jesus' name. In the first, first Thessalonians chapter 4, I've used this at funerals before, but I think it's very relevant today, praise God. During a time when the church historically was going through a tough time. You know, Roman government was pressing hard. I'm going to tell you something. The Bible says all that will live godly shall suffer persecution. Now that doesn't mean somebody's going to pound nails into your hands, but you're going to feel the pressure. You're going to feel the pressure in the world that you and I live in, praise God, to live the way God wants you to live. And God expects us. He wants us to rise to that occasion. That's why hope is so important. It's because we're not going to tell God to come back, you know, this morning because things are getting rough. We're just believing he is going to come back. And so during a time like that, Paul, you know, gave a word of encouragement to the Thessalonian church. Let me read it to you. There are 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse number 13. He said, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. See, that's what Paul was saying there. Don't want to lose your hope. And so then he goes on to say here in verse 14, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, how many believe that? Come on, do you really believe that he did that? Come on, and you weren't even there. You're just taking his word for it, aren't you? Good news. He said, um, he said, even so them which also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. It says, for this we say unto you by the word of the Lord. It says that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. Come on, he, he gives us tremendous hope here, exactly what's going to happen. And then the scripture says there, he says, um, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up. There's where you get the concept of the rapture. The word rapture is not in the King James Version Bible. But the word caught up is and it means basically the same thing. Caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And then he instructs them to comfort one another with these words. These are words that will restore hope, folks. Come on, now that doesn't tell us that we can tell God, you better come back by the end of the day. It just says we know he's coming. Why? Because his word tells us that he will. And that's what you and I have hope in. Come on, some of you just need to get your Bibles back out. Some of you need to make a practice, praise God, of every day reading God's word and letting that become the encouragement in your heart. Let hope be restored on a regular basis in your life, and you'll never despair. You'll never get to a place where you're too deep. You'll never have to worry about that kind of stuff because God is able to lift us up in Jesus' name. Now, that, is not a, that does not mean you're not going to go through tough times. It doesn't mean that you're not going to be challenged. It just means that your hope is not gone. Come on, can somebody raise their hand and say, my hope is not gone? Come on, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. 
Oh, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. That's what you and I have. That's the hope that you and I have in Jesus' name. Wednesday night, we do Bible study. And Wednesday night, we talked about the resurrection. And the resurrection is a fascinating thing. You should read those accounts. It's found in every one of the Gospels. Every one of them gives, uh, gives us an, an, uh, a little bit of a rendition of what was happening after, that, after the uh, uh, resurrection of Jesus Christ. And of course, the, the, the disciples, they had doubt. They didn't know what this all meant. But we discovered that as Jesus began to appear to them, and he did, you know, he began to help them to gain, to gain understanding of what his word meant. And all of a sudden, now it didn't change the dilemma of the moment, but what it did was it explained some things. That's really what has to happen, praise God. I talked to a dear sister of ours that we had breakfast with this week, and just a precious saint, praise God. And she was telling us, you know, about how, you know, her life as a little girl and how her mother was a little bit hard about this. And I understand that. She was probably just trying to protect her. But I looked at her and I said, sis, I said, it was the same way when I came into the church and I'm not finding fault. I said, it just was. I said, people just told me what to do and I clicked my heels and learned how to salute. That's what I did. And because I, I, that's what I felt I needed to do. But you know, folks, that kind of stuff wears off. And after a while, there has to come into the place a little bit of explanation. And that's where teaching comes in. That's why teaching can't be done in, a, in an entire afternoon. It has to be done in increments. People have to learn to get and receive and then, then, then allow it to acclimate to their lives. That's one of the reasons I appreciate this apostolic movement and its holiness is that it gives you an atmosphere where, where this can happen, where the word doesn't just fall off as soon as you, you walk out of church, that all of a sudden you got some actions that you're going to be doing through this next week and that word begins to attach itself. Amen. And all of a sudden the explanation comes. Now, again, that doesn't take away the, moment, you know, the momentary dilemma. It just begins to explain things that God is beginning to help us in these areas, praise God. And so the resurrection will help us with that, that you and I, we're not the first piece in that, uh, people that have questioned God. We're not the first people who have ever gotten disappointed because he didn't do it right when I told him to. Come on, that's not, we're, we, this, is, this is something humankind has a problem with. And you and I must deal with that. And God has helped us to do that through hope. He's helped us to understand that his word is true. That his word does not return void. That his word does accomplish things. And if we allow that word to become an important and a, and a prioritized part of our life, I'm going to tell you something. We can expect some tremendous yeah. results. What you're looking at here today, today was a testimony of some results of what God is doing in this world today, folks. This is what he's doing. And he wants to do it for you. He wants to make, he wants to make your life, praise God, so, so powerful. But I'm going to tell you something, folks. We've got to have hope. We've got to have hope in what the Lord is doing. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is a very, very thorough study on, 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 the, uh, um, uh, on the kind of the sequence of events that are taking place. It begins, of course, with Jesus. Jesus was the firstborn from the dead with an incorruptible body. He was the first one. Jesus was the first one. Now, I understand there are people probably in and out of resurrections in the Old Testament. I'm not here to try to explain all of that. But I'm going to tell you, Jesus was the first that came out of that grave without a, with, with an incorruptible body. And he was setting the pattern, praise God. 
Amen. And that's why what he did, his work, the finished work at Calvary is such an important thing that we're going to remember tonight. Because that is so important to us. And so the sequence of events begin to, begins to happen, praise God. Jesus told that thief on the cross, you know, right before he died or, or you know, a little while before he died, that today you were going to be with me in paradise. Jesus was, re- uh, he was introducing a complete different um, thought there. Prior to that time, they, every, all the, the people who died went to hell, a place called Sheol, S-H-E-O-L, I believe is how it's spelled. And in the, in the Hebrew, it means the place of the dead. And in that place, Jesus gave us a story in the 16th chapter of Luke that there was two different divisions there. But nevertheless, Jesus took those souls, those righteous souls, and he took them to paradise. Can you say amen? Somebody say, I got hope. Come on, that's where we're headed, folks. We're headed to a paradise, praise God, that you've never seen. Come on, I've done weddings in Hawaii. I've been to beautiful places in this world, but praise God, there ain't nothing that holds a candle to the paradise that God has for us in the name of Jesus. Come on, you need to start thinking about that and letting that hope restore to your life. Come on. You know, Corinthians tells us if, man, if all we're going to do is, is deal with this life right here, we should be most miserable people. But praise God, it isn't over when it ends here, is it? Come on, you and I have hope. Come on, lift your hand up right now and say, I got hope. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Come on, I got hope. That's what you got. Amen. Praise God. Praise God, praise God. When an apostolic preacher is doing what I'm doing right now, it's an old-fashioned way of trying to pierce through that veneer. That's what's happening in Jesus' name. Praise God. But look at this. Now, I'm talking about what does hope look like. What does it look like? Well, we just read in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4 that it looks like he's coming back. It looks like, praise God, his promises are going to be fulfilled. And so in Corinthians chapter number 15, he begins to to explain this to us, the way it's going to happen. And look at 1 Corinthians 15 and 50. It says, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot enter into the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. So the Bible says it's been appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. So you and I aren't going to get out of this life alive. It's not going to happen. And so you understand that the rule's already been set. That flesh and blood can't obtain this. But it says in verse 51, Behold, I show you a mystery. The word there means hidden truth. Anybody want that hidden truth revealed to them today? I believe that God can do that for you today in Jesus' name. It says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Come on, look at somebody and say, That's my hope. Praise God. It says in a moment. Come on, it ain't going to take long. It says, in a twinkling of an eye, that's one 125th of a second, by the way. That's what a twinkling of an eye is. One 125th of a second. Try counting that one out. Yeah. The Bible says, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, just like 1 Thessalonians said. It says, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. We're going to be like Jesus, folks. 
That's what our hope is. And the Bible says, and we shall be changed, for this corruptible must put on incorruption. And it says, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put off incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. In fact, that's the last enemy that's going to be taken care of, by the way. Not the devil. Death is the one that's going to be swallowed up in victory, praise God, because death doesn't have any effect on an incorruptible body. That's why God knows what he's doing. That's why in today's service and throughout your life and probably leading up till today, God has been trying to help you to get restored in your hope because we have hope in the Lord, praise God, that what he says, my friend, he's going to bring to pass. Praise God. One more. Casey Kastrom. And I, I don't know when this is going to end, but when it does, I'll, then I'll quit singing, okay? But I, I was introduced to this song way, way, way back. An old burly German who worked at the Dubuque Pack. He was a big burly type of guy. And he was one of the elders in the church in Dubuque. And I'll never forget one of the times I came on a Sunday night service, one of the first times, I know exactly what he had on. He had an old Martin guitar. I couldn't get my eyes off of it. And my God, was he beating that thing mercifully. Oh my goodness, he was just beating it to death. But him and his wife, they got up and they sang this song. And I thought of it yesterday. I thought, wow, what a way, praise God, to restore hope. Amen. Think about this, praise God, as I sing this. This was an old standard back where I came from, praise God. And you're going to think, well, yeah, why don't you go back to where you're at? No, I'm, I'm just going to sing some of these songs because they meant, in, meant a whole lot to me in Jesus' name. Now think about restoring hope to your life in Jesus' name. Amen. I am thinking of the rapture in our blessed home on high when the redeemed are gathered in. How we'll raise the heavenly anthem in that city on the sky. When the redeemed are gathered in. Come on, you can sing this with me. When the redeemed are gathered in. All washed like snow and free from sin. Oh, how we'll shout and how we'll sing. When the redeemed. Isn't that cool? Come on, I think it's a pretty good song. Oh, when the redeemed are gathered in, all washed like snow and free from sin. Oh, how we'll shout and how we'll sing when the redeemed are gathered in. So there'll be a great procession over on that streets of gold when the redeemed are gathered in oh what music oh what singing in that city come on when the redeemed are gathered in come on that's your hope when the redeemed are gathered in all washed like snow and free from sin oh how we'll shout and how we'll sing redeemed are gathered in 
saints will sing redemption story with their voices clear and strong then the redeemed kind of like this morning oh that's right then the angels all will listen for they cannot join that song when the redeemed are gathered in come on that's our hope when the redeemed are gathered in all wash like snow and free from sin yes how we'll shout and how we'll sing when the redeemed are gathered in i like this part then the savior will give orders to prepare the banquet board when the redeemed are gathered in and we'll hear his invitation come ye blessed of the lord when the redeemed are gathered in come on you feel like that you when the redeemed are gathered in all wash like snow and free from sin yes how they'll shout and how they'll sing when the redeemed Come on, I know you've heard this before. Come on. So won't we have a time when we get over yonder? Won't we have a time when we get over yonder? Come on, won't we have a time when we get over yonder? Oh, won't we have a time? Come on, we'll sing and shout, sing and shout and dance about. We get over yonder. We'll sing and shout and dance about. When we get over yonder, we'll sing and shout and dance about. When we get over yonder, oh. You know what the best part is? Come on. Well, my Jesus will be there. When we get over yonder, Jesus will be there. When we get over yonder, Jesus will be there. When we get over yonder, oh, won't we have a time? Oh, when the redeemed are gathered in, all wash like snow and free from sin. Oh, how we'll shout and how we'll sing when the redeemed are gathered you and I. Come on, that's our hope. Hallelujah. Oh. Oh. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. You can see, hopefully you can see why songs like this were able to restore hope. You could have the worst week in the world. It's one thing, I remember, one thing I remember right off the bat, that, you know, a lot of the situations that I had in life before I came to the Lord were still going on. And that's why I would come to church, and God could recharge the batteries, praise God. Hope is one of those things that will do that in Jesus' name. I, I pray and hope today that this has been something that has stirred your heart and your soul and your spirit, praise God, that you don't have to wait a year. You don't have to come back to an Easter service and say, man, I got to do it. You can do this on a weekly, daily, hourly basis, whatever your needs are in Jesus' name. In fact, I'm going to be very bold here. I'm going to ask if you, if, you, if, if you could, just if it's proper, I want you to lay your hands on the person next to you right now. And we're going to pray a prayer that God would touch, strengthen, 
revelate, impart, bring forth revelation like never before. Come on, it's sharp in here. I'm telling you right now, it is sharp. Lord Jesus, I pray right now that the word of the Lord that has been given forth, been preached, Lord God, is not going forth and being void, but it's going to accomplish great things, powerful things in the name of Jesus. That, Lord God, it's able to cut, it's able to scrape off, it's able to do, Lord God, what you've designed it to do. And, Lord God, I pray for the restoration of hope in every person's life, no matter what they're going through. If they're going through a sickness, a disease, disappointment, whatever the case is, God, I believe that hope can and will be restored in the name of Jesus. In fact, I speak that word of faith right now that is nigh unto my lips in the name of Jesus, that in the midst of any and all disappointment, in the midst of all, all disappointment, Lord God, that hope is going to rise. It's going to rise in the name of Jesus like never before in the name of Jesus. And God, I do give you the praise. I give you the glory for it all because there's none like you, Lord. There's none that is not the author and the finisher like you in the name of Jesus. Touch and strengthen, Lord. That's right. That's right. Go deep. Let that go down about four or five layers of veneer in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus, and let that restoration power be felt and be determined in the name of Jesus. And I give you the praise and the glory. Can we offer up God a praise right now? 